The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Now this is how the birth of Jesus came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, And you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus came about, St. Matthew says. And then you notice he doesn't give us any details of the actual birth itself. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. And then he begins speaking of Joseph and his relationship with Mary and the internal conflict that he needed to work through. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. What an interesting way of describing a birth, where we don't actually see the moment of the child being born. We hear no word of the journey to Bethlehem. We hear none of that in St. Matthew's account. But we are given a very focused look at St. Joseph, the figure who is present with us today by means of this very beautiful icon. Why would that be the case? Because as we peer into the character of Joseph and this series of incidents prior to the birth of Jesus, we discover some wonderful things. Hidden in the description as Joseph learns that his spouse is pregnant and the child is not his, is the statement that Joseph decided to divorce her quietly. And why? We hear something very strange in biblical language. We hear first that Joseph was a righteous man, and that is one of the highest compliments Scripture can pay to a man. Righteousness is the great virtue. To be righteous, to stand in righteousness in the name of the Lord is a great thing and the mark of a life of genuine high character. 
And yet, curiously, righteousness is not enough to describe Joseph. Very, very carefully, and these words are not there by accident. The Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes like that. The scripture says, he was a righteous man, and yet, isn't that interesting? Somehow righteousness isn't enough at this moment. That the high thing, the highest praise one can give a man somehow falls short right here in this situation. He was a righteous man, and yet he was unwilling to expose her to shame. And note what we hear at this moment. We hear, on the one hand, a shortcoming of what righteousness can do. Because all too often, those who are righteous and celebrated for their goodness are willing to publicly call out the faults of others, are willing to act in a way that emphasizes or shows the shame that someone else has encountered. Not necessarily maliciously, but in that standpoint of opposing what is wrong and standing against it, there can be a certain mercilessness which may be unintentional, that creeps in. And so we see here that Joseph is not only righteous, Joseph is not only just, Joseph is merciful. What a remarkable moment this really is. He is the one whose righteousness expresses itself mercifully. He is the one whose righteousness shines forth not with a public representation of goodness so much as a quiet commitment to mercy. And so it is that he will divorce her quietly and not publicly. And that is his choice. He could do this in a way where he can stand before the world and say, I am innocent but he doesn't. He embraces his innocence, but not in a way that trumpets the guilt of another. We know, of course, that Our Lady has no guilt, but at that moment, Joseph doesn't. And we see here something absolutely wonderful. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. The one who has every right to be offended chooses not to act as an offended man. The one who has every right to be angry, disappointed, and bitter chooses not to act as an angry, disappointed, and bitter man would. The one who is righteous looks beyond even righteousness to something greater. Because his concern, his concern at the moment is still the well-being of the woman and the child. And to do so in any other way would be to place the woman and the child at risk. Even before he has welcomed them into his home, he is protecting them and he is defending them. This 
is how the birth of Jesus came about. Note how marvelous this is now, because there is something here that is indeed very, very wondrous, very marvelous, very mysterious. This righteous heart given over to mercy that wants only to do what is right, but recognizes that doing what is right requires something more of a righteous man. And so he will be merciful. And it is in this decision to be merciful that he falls asleep and he rests. And let's be honest. When we feel offended, when we are disappointed, when our expectations are not met, do we really rest in mercy? Or do we, do we make a bed out of our anger and lay down there? Do we make a bed out of our frustration and rest there? And isn't it the truth that when we rest in that bed of frustration, as much as we say we don't want to be there, we have a hard time getting out of that bed? And so now look at Joseph. He has made a decision to be merciful, and he rests in that decision. And so it is then that as he rests, he dreams. And in that dream, heaven speaks. In that dream, the angel comes. And Joseph now understands. But note that it is the righteous heart given to mercy that hears in the dream the speaking of heaven. If it was the righteous heart that was still bitter, if it was the righteous heart that was preoccupied with his own sense of justice, does he hear the dream? Likely not. And so note how mercy and this decision to be merciful opens him up to what heaven would show him. And here it is that heaven teaches him that he did not understand the situation as well as he thought. And how many times in life has that been the case for us? We make assumptions about one another. We see the details of a situation and we believe we know it. And we convince ourselves that this is the truth and we act according to that, often vigorously, only to discover later we made a terrible mistake. And so note here that if Joseph had acted in anger, the magnitude of the mistake he would have made. If Joseph had acted publicly, the magnitude of the mistake he would have made, especially if heaven said, now you have to go and retract it and change your mind. Note here again how the decision to be merciful also protects him and protects his heart and his household and his reputation. And it's here now that heaven opens up for him what the world couldn't show him. That indeed the truth is, she is with child by the Holy Spirit, that she did not speak wrongly, that she did not dissemble, that she had not been unfaithful. In fact, the child is the child of her faithfulness, her faithfulness to the covenant, her faithfulness to God. 
And so it is then that the angel says, don't be afraid to receive her. Don't worry about what anyone else might think. Don't worry about what anybody else might say. Don't you worry that in any way you would be offending the Lord by doing this. And so what do we see? This man, Joseph, receives his wife into his home. And in receiving her, receives her child. Let me repeat that. In receiving her, receives her child. Joseph is the first one to receive Jesus through Mary. And that is not accidental either, because the child comes into the world through Mary. And Joseph is the one who shows us that if we would receive the Son, we must open the door of our hearts and our homes also to the mother. There is no way for Joseph to receive the child without receiving the mother. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. Jesus, who will be born of Mary in the world, is received first into the home of Joseph. And as we pause at this, we realize that this is not enough yet. We have not said enough about how wondrous this is because there is something yet more marvelous here. And so now let us turn a moment to the child that we see resting in the arms of good Saint Joseph in this image. And who is the child? He is the Christ. He is the descendant of David. He is that one through whom the prophecy of Nathan is brought to fulfillment. This is the heir who will reign forever. This is the one who makes the house of David firm. This is the one who is in greater truth king than David ever was. This is that one. And who is he? He is likewise the one who will save us from our sins. And note that the angel says that is how you are to name him. He shall be named Jesus. And why that name? Because that name indicates who he is and what he will do. He will save us from our sins. If he saves us from our sins, he is the one who brings the mercy of God to us. Note how marvelous this is. The one who brings the mercy of God is received into the home of a merciful man. And recognizing that, we can go yet one step further. In saving us from our sins, as St. Paul so beautifully says, what does Jesus do? He makes us the adopted sons and daughters of Almighty God himself. In other words, we are adopted into the household 
of the merciful Father. How fitting is it then that the Lord who will do that for us is himself first adopted into the household of a merciful Father. How absolutely marvelous that is. And we see here that in acting this way, Joseph shows for us a fundamental dynamic of what our own salvation looks like. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. The one who will make us the adopted sons and daughters of the merciful Father is himself adopted into the home of a merciful Father. And from that home, he will go forth to save us. The one who comes to the world in Mary, through Mary, with Mary, and by Mary is received into the home of Joseph when Joseph receives Mary. Again, note how wondrous that is. To receive the child, Joseph receives the mother. In receiving the mother necessarily, he receives the child. Note how intimate that union is. One cannot receive the one without receiving the other. To receive Jesus, one must receive Mary. To receive Mary is to receive Jesus. The son is not separated from the mother in such an easy, neat way. The mother is not separable from the son in so neat a way as we would sometimes like to think. This is why St. Louis de Montfort so beautifully expresses, it would be easier to separate light from the sun than Mary from Jesus or Jesus from Mary. This is how the birth of the Savior came about. It is good then that we have this opportunity not simply to reflect on these things, but to have these days this weekend where before this beautiful icon, we can also turn to Joseph and call upon his intercession on our behalf. Because at the very beginning of Mass, just before the readings, when we prayed the opening prayer, we asked for the grace of the Mass. Do you remember what we asked for? I'm not going to put you on the spot and see if you remember. But it's a good skill to pay attention to that opening prayer. It is a very good and helpful spiritual skill to pay attention to the collect, the opening prayer of the Mass, because it helps to frame the prayer that follows. And so in that prayer, we asked Almighty God that we who honor his righteousness, who honor the righteousness and the goodness of Joseph, that we who honor him, we ask for the grace of being worthy of the prayers that he says now in heaven on our behalf. What an interesting expression. We ask to be worthy of Joseph's prayers for us. Joseph does pray for us. Joseph prays for all of those brothers and sisters of Jesus who have likewise been adopted into his spiritual household. But note that expression of 
are desiring to be worthy of those prayers. In other words, to rise up out of our pettiness, recognizing that the man who is righteous and more than righteous, merciful prays for us. That we ask to have lives that are worthy of that kind of prayer. In other words, lives as well that move in righteousness, but always with an eye, always with an eye to mercy. And what a wonderful gift that indeed is. Amen.